The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. We had a whole announcement planned for, turn it, I, every time I get on a microphone, I cry. I think it's just the actor in me. Should have worn mascara. Um, we had uh, plans to do a hilarious sketch, including a uh, life preserver and some uh, fins to announce the harvest moon was launching today. And I promise there will be other funny, fun sketches. Um, whether you want them or not, you will be assaulted with comedy before November 11th. Um, but you want me to step back? Like this, over here. Okay, back here, here, okay. Thank you, I'm a professional, everybody. Learn from me. Um, but what I want to share today about the Harvest Moon, <laughs> is that the reason we show up here? is because of that interconnected web that supports all of us and all of the work that we do outside of this space. And as someone who witnessed and was a very small part of the action that kicked into gear the minute that Dave stood in front of that, those pieces of equipment put me in such humble awe and love and if I could show up in this space in any way, in any way, to help support that, that is what we do. And if it means buying a ticket to go to the Harvest Moon auction and having a great time, then that's what we should do. If it means... So, um... What? Amen. Um, I did want to say that um, Davis, when as we were going through this journey of, of Dave and, and helping and supporting and figuring out the ways to make sure that they all were supported and the people who were showing up were supported, Davis was so scared for Dave. And she was crying for him. And she was crying. She was like, are you going to go to jail? And I was like, I hope not. Um, but if I did, I said, Dave is taken care of. And that doesn't take away from the action, but I saw what it is to stand up and to stand up and to have support behind you as you do that in whatever way we can show that support. And I shared that with Davis. I said, if you stand up for what you believe in and what you feel is right, there will be people there to support you as best as they can. And that doesn't mean it'll be easy, but it means that at least some of that burden will be shared. And so buy a ticket to the Harvest Moon <laughs> on November 11th to help share the, that burden. But really, I, I come up here with gratitude for this community and for Dave and for everyone and you, you, who really continue to show up for their values. Um, so thank you very much. November 11th, I'll see you there. Good morning again. The Song of Wonders. O world, where miracles spring up to meet us along the way, we hold you close and give thanks for morning light, for evening calm. 
sun and moon, sea and sky, snow and mist, city streets and country lanes. What joy to know you, how excellent to touch you. To live and nothing more would be enough to make us glad. Yet morning, noon, and night a task awaits us. The lost and hungry to be found and fed, the sick and sad to be healed and cheered, a peaceful world to be built and kept. Blessed is the gift of life, blessed the source of life and its tasks. And now let us light our chalice together. Our chalice lighting this morning is called There is Light by Eric Williams. In the beginning, there was light, infinite and expansive, flowing out from an unseen center. Throughout creation, there is light from the steady sun, the glowing moon, the flashing meteor, the twinkling stars, and the auroras dancing in the northern skies. Within each part of creation, there is light, slowed down and held close by every cell and molecule, by each atom and element. Within you, there is light, the same light as the source, the same radiance that is in all creatures. May this small flame be a constant reminder to you of your true nature and your kinship with all beings. It's so wonderful that we can share joys and sorrows together so that we can support one another when you know, some aren't doing so well, and then when they're doing well, we, they, can use, they can support others who aren't doing well. It's so, such a great gift to do that and have an outlet to do this publicly. At the beginning of time, before anything else existed, love was all there was. And it filled up everything in the whole universe. But love was getting bored and lonely. And she decided to make a world. So she took a deep breath, a deep breath, and squeezed out darkness. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Darkness everywhere. It was beautiful, but you couldn't see it. She says, I have to do something about this. She thought about it for a minute. And she thought some beautiful, warm thoughts. And love called out, I want light. And pop, all the warm, wonderful thoughts, sparks of love flew outward in all directions. And they shaped themselves into 10 glass spherical balls of pure light. Yet not all the beautiful, warm thoughts, the sparks, were able to get to one of the balls, somewhere scattered about. And love said, this is amazing. This is amazing. I better make something for the light to shine on. So she waved her arms and kicked her legs. And all of those sparks and thoughts, warm thoughts, wonderful thoughts, that weren't part of the 10 balls, formed together and formed the earth. Water, sky, air, 
plants, and animals. Then love, love call, caused those 10 balls, spherical balls of light to descend towards the earth slowly. And if they had remained intact, it would have been the perfect world that love had envisioned. Yet the balls were too fragile and they broke. And the contents, the warm, beautiful sparks of love scattered everywhere in the earth. They broke open, scattered everywhere. Oh no, said love, I'll never be able to pick all these pieces up and put them back together. I have to make one more thing. And she waved her arms and kicked her legs. And people appeared on the earth. And they were created for one reason only. To find all those sparks. To find all those tiny bits of wonderful goodness and bring them back together. And love said, when all the warm sparks, wonderful thoughts come back together, I will recreate big glass container to hold them. And this time, I will set them down more carefully. Judaism's High Holy Days, as specified in the 23rd chapter of Leviticus, commence on the first day of the seventh month of the Judaic calendar. This first day is known as Rosh Hashanah, the festival of trumpets, and it is celebrated as the Jewish New Year, commemorating the beginning of humanity's role in God's world. This year, it begins this Friday, September 15th at sundown. The book of Leviticus is the third book of the Hebrew Bible, used to be known as like the Old Testament. In the Judaic tradition, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, are called the Torah, the written Torah. They're written on scrolls. The Torah was likely composed around uh, the 6th century BCE. In addition to written Torah, however, there are additional uh, scriptures in the Judaic, Judaic tradition. The Talmud is oral Torah plus descriptions and commentaries and arguments about that written Torah. That's the Talmud. And that was written about the second century CE of the Common Era. More recently, like the 12th century, there was mystical Judaic traditions called the Kabbalah. They began to develop, again, around the 12th century. And I say traditions because there's many different threads of Kabbalah. Among other things, the mystical traditions of Kabbalah expanded upon an interesting idea. Here's one of them. The idea of Zadikim Nesterim, or Lamed Vav Tzadikim. Zadikim. Zadikim means righteous. 
Nesterim means hidden. Lamed Vav means 36. So the idea is this, that there are 36 hidden righteous people in the world whose role is to justify the purpose of humankind in the eyes of God. Jewish tradition holds that their identities are unknown to each other. And that if one of them comes to the own realization of their own identity as one of the 36, they would never admit it to anyone. Without the 36, humanity and the world could not exist. A scenario like this is played out in the book of Genesis when Abraham negotiates with the Lord regarding the fate of Sodom. From Genesis chapter 18, they looked down toward Sodom and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see what they, if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. Then Abraham approached the Lord and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of, in the city of Sodom, Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of righteous were five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? The Lord replied, if I find 45 there, I will not destroy it. Once again, Abraham spoke up. What if only 40 are found there? The Lord replied, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Abraham, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? The Lord replied, I will not do it if I find 30. Abraham, now that, they have, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? For the sake of 20, the Lord replied, I will not destroy it. Abraham, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? The Lord replied, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. That's from Genesis 18. Then some horrific events transpire in Sodom and the next day the Lord destroys the entire city. As a sidebar, this is a fascinating conversation. 
that Abraham, a mortal, is not only negotiating, but admonishing the Lord. I mean, he says, far be it from you to do such a thing. Will not the judge of the earth do right? Wow. That's, that's amazing. Anyway, back to the 36, Zedekim Nisterim, the Lamed Vavniks, the 36 hidden righteous ones. We don't know who they are. They could be the person at the Kroger checkout counter, person sitting next to you on a MARTA bus or train. Maybe, perhaps, one of our homeless family promise guests. Maybe somebody in this room. We don't know who they are. They don't even know who they are. Claiming to be one of them is a sure sign that they are not one of them. <laughs> I don't need to explain that to you. But in case you didn't pick up on it, I have an explanation. The rabbi Raymond Zwerin writes that since the 36 are each exemplars of anava, humility, having such a virtue would preclude against one's self-proclamation of being amongst the special righteous. So what does it mean for the Jewish people to, for the Jewish people who believe in the 36? Possibly the same thing that it could mean for us. That since nobody knows who the 36 are, even themselves, we should behave in such a way that is worthy of being one of them. To always extend, extend. In every interaction, in every word, and in every deed, our values of love, connection, wonder, and awe, courage, and justice, to extend that into the world. If you want to strive for justice and transform the world, that is the way to begin. You do not need to stand in front of a bulldozer. That is the way to begin, to extend our values of love, connection, wonder, awe, courage, and justice into the world in every interaction and every deed. To act in such a way as being worthy of being one of the 36. Extending your beautiful self and you are beautiful selves. And everyone in that jail is a beautiful person. Extend yourself into that broken world and make your contribution. A gentle tipping of the scale towards love and justice, which are really the same thing, love and justice. Tipping that scale to create the world that we dream about.
a Rosh Hashanah prayer. In the twilight of the vanishing year, we lift up our hearts in thanksgiving. Our souls are stirred by the memory of joy as the new year begins. We were sustained by love and kindness, comforted in times of sorrow, found happiness in our homes and gladness with our friends. We lift up our hearts in thanksgiving as the new year begins. As the new year begins, our spirits rise in grateful song. But there were dreams that came to naught and times that we refused to dream. These which, must, which with much regret we now remember as the new year begins. As the new year begins, contrition fills our thoughts. Some of our days were dark with grief. Many a tear furrowed our cheeks. Alas, for the tender ties that were broken. We look back with sorrow as the new year begins. As the new year begins, tears well up within us. Yet we look ahead with hope, giving thanks for the daily miracle of renewal, for the promise of good to come. May this Rosh Hashanah, birthday of the world, be our day of rebirth into life and peace, serenity and safety as the new year begins. As the new year begins, so is hope born within us. And now let us enter into a moment of shared silence. There are moments when we hear the call of our higher selves, the call that links us to the divine. Then we know how blessed we are in life and love. May this be such a moment, a time of deeper attachments to the godlike in us and in our world. Go in peace and enjoy your week.
the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia, thanks you for listening to the Human Podcast. Background music, courtesy of Tim Moore from Pixabay.